welcome to Bangalore Revival Center, a church dedicated to loving God and serving people. Today, Pastor Priji continues to teach from the new series, Emmanuel, with the heart for hosting God's presence in our lives. We believe this word will be a blessing to you. We are going back to the series that we are in. What is the series? What does Emmanuel mean? God is. What did we learn in the last two weeks? We started uh, with the story of uh, Mary, where we spoke about how Mary, she loved God to uh, make her uncomfortable. That was not easy for Mary to do that. She had to let go of the good reputation that she had all these days. She had to let go of a lot of things that she held dear to. Some of her family members probably would have not, uh, you know, loved them in, you know, didn't want anything to have with them. And uh, Mary was on her own. She was willing to make that sacrifice to be able to host the presence of God. And last week we were studying the direction that we need to take, the, the people that God used that God uses in our life so that we can reach the river. If we would allow the Lord to work in our life, then we will ultimately end up in the river. And the Bible says this is the river which is now supposed to be flowing inside of us. When we believe, when we thirst, when we hunger for it, this river will now begin to flow through us. Amen. I love, I love what uh, Prophet Shaiju shared last uh, Sunday night. Do you remember? He also touched on the same thing and he said, your thirst will define your encounters. Your thirst will define your uh, identity. Your thirst will define your victories. The, the more thirsty that you are, the more you will be able to receive from God. Amen? Amen. We, are, we are taking it one step further. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 14 and verse 2. This is God speaking to Moses and he tells them, uh, he tells Moses to tell them, order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi Hahiroth between Migdol and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal Zephan. Now, you know the context of this scripture is that the Israelites are now free from Egypt and they are running away from their captivity and they are supposed to try and reach their safe place as soon as possible, right? Normal strategy, normal thinking is that if you are away from your comfort zone, get to your next comfort zone as soon as possible, the next safe shelter as soon as possible. But God tells them, order the Israelites, not suggest, not advise, but order the Israelites to do what? God, 10 plagues in Egypt was so that we can go on this way, so that we can get out from there and we can go this direction, right? Now, God is telling me to Turn back and stay put. To turn back and stay where I am. To just, to just 
be here, right here, right in the middle of nowhere, right in the middle of my enemies still having access to me, right in that place where the enemy can still hurt me, can still steal from me, can still kill me, right there, God is asking me to stay put. That may be difficult for so many of us, right? And here God's telling them why. Verse 3, it says, Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are, the Israelites are confused and that they are trapped in the wilderness. So God is doing all of this to do what? To, to trap whom? Egyptians. But you know what, what does God want Egyptians to think? That you, you don't have any clue of where you're headed. You know, sometimes God will not give you clear-cut direction just to bait the enemy in to try and come attack you so that the enemy can be destroyed completely. Amen? See, God wanted Pharaoh to think that you are confused. So when you're going through confused situations, when you're going through circumstances in life where you do not have answers for, where you are struggling to make sense of what is going on in your life and, and you don't have the right provisions, you don't have the right doors open, the opportunities is not coming, you're, you're confused whether to go here or to go there, you're confused if I should do this or should do that. God says, hey, it's okay, I allowed this in your life. Sometimes I will allow some circumstances in your life because the life, the life that you're living, it is not about you. Sorry to disturb your ideology that, you know, that you only live once, you have to be happy, you have to enjoy, you have to live it to the fullest. No, your life was never supposed to be about you. It says, not only will I... Will I stop you in your tracks and cause you to be confused? Next line it says, next verse it says, And once again, what I will do is, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Can you imagine? Ten times God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Ten times before in Egypt. You remember? See, we may think, oh my God, this Pharaoh is such a wicked guy. Or this Pharaoh is such a bad character. But, Truth be told, it is not Pharaoh's fault. <laughs> Who is hardening his heart? So God is constructing something behind the scenes. God is doing something behind the scenes. And it's very natural for us to point fingers at Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, you're wrong. You know, you, you can point fingers at your boss and say, he's not paying me enough. Or you may point fingers at your husband and say, no, he's not doing the right thing. Or my children are not treating me right. Or my parents are not treating me right. Wait a minute, you should be asking, what is God trying to do? See, unless God desires or unless God decides, even Pharaoh cannot help you. Unless God speaks, unless God allows, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22 that the heart of the king is in the hand of God and he will redirect it like he would redirect reverse. He would redirect it wherever he may please. That is how the heart of your king is. So if you don't have favor, you should not be, you know, 
picking up fault with the guy who is supposed to give you favor. You should be going into the presence of God and finding out what God is doing in your life in this season. Why is God shutting your doors? Why is God not allowing your answers to come? Why is that breakthrough taking so long? The Bible says that God shut Hannah's womb. Do you know the Bible says God shut Hannah's womb. Whereas Penina, she had children after children after children. The Bible says God shut whose womb? Hannah's womb. Why? Because God had a Samuel in mind for Hannah. Amen? The next verse it says, And I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. Why did God plan all of this? For his glory. As simple as that. He did not plan this so that you will enjoy the journey. He did not plan this so that you will reach your promised land quickly. He planned all of this so that it will bring glory to God. So newsflash, your life is not about your comfort. Your life is not about your happiness. Your life is not about your pleasure. Your life is about how you can bring glory to God. So, so when circumstances go crazy in your life, the question you should be asking is, how can I bring glory to God in this situation? What can I do right now? How can I respond right now to bring glory to God? See, you know, usually the question that we ask is, how can I get God to do what I want him to do? Right? How can I get God to give me more money? How can I get God to answer my prayers? How can I get God to uh, bless me in this place or to give me breakthrough here? That's the questions we ask. But the question that we need to ask is, God, your word says that you planned this. Go back to the previous verse. In verse 4, it says, I have planned this in order to do what? To display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. So sometimes God can display his glory by blessing you. And sometimes God can display his glory by confusing you. Sometimes God can display his glory by providing for you. And sometimes God can display his glory by not providing for you. I'm breaking some of your bubbles this morning. You see, God's doing that for the Israelites. You will see that pattern in, in, in scripture where Paul says, I, I've been content when I've had plenty and I have been content when I have had, when I have had nothing, I've been content because it's, I, I live for the glory of God. It's no longer I that liveth, but it is Christ who lives in me. It is no longer my glory. It is no longer my ambitions. It's no longer what I want to do. It is what Jesus can, how Jesus can be glorified through my life. That is the goal of my life. And if, if your convenience is your goal, if your uh, comfort is your goal I'm telling you you will be disappointed in the presence of God because God is going to do everything possible to make you uncomfortable to, to, to push you out of your 
nest that you have made for yourself to push you out of your ways and perspectives of reasoning and thinking. God will push you out of there. Why? Because God wants to teach you how to glorify his name. God wants to teach you how to bring glory to his name. The glory of God, read, read this with me and, and, and believe this with me. The glory of God and not the comfort of man is the center of God's sovereign will for my life. Come on, one more time. The glory of God, not the comfort of man, is the center of God's sovereign will. In my home. Come on, one more time. The glory of God and not the comfort of man is at the center of God's sovereign will for his church. Yes? And that's what you see God is doing with the Israelites. God tells them to stop, turn back and, and stay put in that one place. At a distance where these, the Egyptians can actually chase and reach them. Find them, they can be spotted, they can be tracked, they can be found. Verse 4, it goes on to say, and after this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites, what did they do? They camped there as they were told. So they waited, they waited. They waited for the Egyptians to reach there. They had another route. They didn't have to camp near the seashore. But God told them, you camp here, and they waited because God was doing something, not just for Israelites, but also for the Egyptians. Not just for the Egyptians, but also for all the people around these nations that were hearing and watching Israelites very closely God had to send out a clear-cut message for everybody. And so God was making the Israelites an example. The way that they will serve God, the way that God will come through for them, God was making it an example for everybody. And sure enough, as Pharaoh came, what did the Israelites do? They freaked out. You know, it's very easy for us to stand out here in church and say, God, in hell or high waters, I'll still trust in you. But when you're in that trouble, you know, all that you need is your nose to leak. And, and you'll be wondering, oh my God, my, my time of death is near and this is it. I'm, I'm going to heaven or I have to put, I mean, come on, we, we freak out at almost everything, right? I know that we all have our various levels of tolerance. Some of us freak out at, uh, you know, physical things. Some of us freak out when there is no money. Some of us freak out when the fridge is empty. You know, those kinds. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Some of us, we freak out when something happens to our children. You touch our children, we'll freak out. Some of us, we, we freak out when something happens wrong with the ministry, with the church. Some of us freak out when something happens to our investments that we have made over the future. Whatever those areas are that, that you freak out over. The Bible says in the next verse, verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel, they looked up and they panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. Now, see, I want you to imagine this whole thing. This is not a one-minute, two-minute affair like we are reading so quickly, right? These scriptures, we are reading it quickly. But it's a process. 
they are they can see pharaoh from a very far of distance and they are they are also seeing at what speed pharaoh is coming and they are also calculating what speed they are walking in and in the place where they are camped in and they have begun to panic because naturally speaking it's just a matter of time before this pharaoh is going to have access into the camp before this pharaoh is going to come and overtake me is going to come and overtake my children is going to come and overtake my finances is going to come and overtake my people and these people they are looking at that pharaoh and they are freaking out and they are saying they are they are panicking they are going crazy and as a natural result the bible says they they cried out to the lord they cried out to the lord you know we can we can cry out to god when we are because we are panicking or we can cry out to god because we trust in him yeah. you understand what i'm saying yes. you can worship because you are in a you you you're freaking out or you can worship because you trust god some of us we pray because we trust god and some of us we pray because we don't trust god I know what your silence means. Cuz many of us our prayer is not a not an overflow of our faith. Our prayer is an overflow of our fear. Isn't it sad that our prayer which is supposed to be our communion with God which is supposed to be a place of intimacy with god which is supposed to be that place where we become one with god where god's heart is planted in us and our heart our burdens is given to god that that beautiful thing called prayer is now not intimacy anymore now it's a place that you run to when you're scared now it's a place you run to when you're panicking now it's a place that you run to when you do not have any other option the bible says this is what they did they cried out to the lord and they said to moses what did they say why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness see they know that god is responsible for this and yet they found a moses to blame for this <laughs> do you understand what i'm saying they are not even blaming pharaoh for this who are they blaming moses is the guy who brought them so far moses is the guy who's been helping them moses is the guy who's been fighting with god for them making sure they don't get destroyed midway you know there were several times when god told moses god god said let's chuck israel you know let's start a new nation called the mosesites you know it actually happened god told moses i'll make you a nation let's forget this israelites i love your faithfulness i love your heart for me i'll just make you a big nation you know forget these guys they they are stubborn disobedient why don't you raise good kids and i'll bless you but moses said no god even if i have to if even if you have to blot my name out please spare these israelites now these israelites that same israelites for whom moses is fighting now points the finger at that moses and says why did god no you why did pharaoh send us out no what is he saying why did you bring us out here in the wilderness why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness so that is their 
fear. Their fear is that because we are in the wilderness, because there is enemy on the back and sea in the front and there is nowhere else to go, now we are trapped, now we are going to die. And they are now, the only thing that they have as an option is to point fingers at, the, at their pastors, to point fingers at their spiritual leaders, to point fingers at the head of their house, to point fingers at their parents, to point fingers at their boss, to point fingers at all those people that God has been using so far to lead them. Can I, can I tell you that this is, this is one of the trap of the enemy? That the enemy knows if he can just convince you to rebel against the person that God has sent to help you, to fight that person that God has sent to provide for you, to fight that person. You know, some of us, we don't prosper at work because we are constantly cribbing and fighting our leaders at work. We pray for promotion, but we are constantly speaking negative about our bosses. We are constantly cursing them with our words. We are constantly cursing them with our actions. We are constantly speaking negative. And then we are wondering, why is it that I'm not getting a promotion? Why is it that I'm not going anywhere? It's not because God did anything. It's because you have been speaking against your Moses. Can I be hard on you this morning? Yes. Are we here to change? Yes. Or are we here to be, you know, just patted on your back and say, oh, you're doing a good job. Just, just pray more, worship more. No, no, no. I'm, I'm here to sharpen you. You know, the bride of Christ is preparing to meet Jesus. Come on now. And the bride needs to look good when Jesus comes. How many of you know, how many of you have been through the bridal process? And you know that going to a parlor is not a pain-free process, right? I know it because I've heard stories and, you know, I, I know it's, I, I know that it's not easy. Come on. Okay, I'm not going to go there because I, I see all the awkward stares and how dare you touch on this. This is, this is sacred. You know, and, and that's what we are doing this morning. We are, we, are, we are trying to, you know, sharpen your perspective. We are trying to sharpen those areas of your life that where you may be reacting wrong. When problems come, the first person you should be going to help is your Moses. And saying, Moses, how, how do we get out of this? What is your solution? Can you go to God and, and find out what is God speaking about this situation? Can, can we work on this together? Can we worship God? Can we build an altar? Can we do something together? What do we need to do to access what God is speaking right now? That is not the season for you to point fingers at your Moses and say, why did you bring us here? You know, the, the next line, he says, weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? See, this gives me a perspective of their goal in life. Their goal in life was never freedom. Their goal in life was to have a decent burial. <laughs> you know, what, what are they saying? When there? Enough graves in Egypt. In Egypt, we could have died normal, natural deaths and everybody would have come and said something nice about us and our funeral. But now look at this. Here we have to die very torturous deaths. So, so all along, what they wanted is a safe and a decent death and a burial. 
you know see this is the problem with so many of us our goal in life because we are headed not towards life but towards death we are headed not towards god's purposes to god's promises that is why we never reach god's promises you know if they would just understand for a minute saying hey the purpose of your life is not to end up in the grave the purpose of your life is not does not finish with graves the purpose of your life is much much beyond the grave so so it's okay if you have to die in the process but it's not okay for you to live your whole life defeated live your whole life thinking i just i just want a, a decent burial i just want a decent meal on my table i just want a decent normal life no god has not called us for normal life yes god has not called you for normal life How many of you know that you're soldiers? And do you know that soldiers don't have normal life? Soldiers don't have the privilege of living normal ordinary lives. Paul told Timothy saying, "Don't you know that now you are a soldier and as a soldier you need to endure hardship in the army of God?" and like a civilian you cannot enjoy the natural normal pleasures of life. because right now it's boot camp for us preparation for us our enjoyment is when we get to heaven our normal life is when we get to heaven yeah there there we want to enjoy for all eternity come on now it's time for us to prepare make sure that we are not living life headed towards the grave and then they asked didn't we tell you this could happen while we were still in egypt we said leave us alone this is their complaint they're like didn't we tell you didn't we tell you didn't we didn't we always always confess that this is what will happen to us so not only was their goal wrong their confessions were also wrong while while they were in egypt you know it may not be recorded in so much detail but but here when they are in that problem they are saying didn't we tell you back in egypt that this is going to happen that we're going to die in the wilderness we, all that we want is a safe and a decent burial why did you bring us out why did you push us out of our comfort zone why did you bring us to a place where we now are stuck and trapped and are feeling so betrayed and then he, then he goes on to say this when i read this i wept this morning when i read this this broke my heart he said let us be slaves to the egyptians it's better to be a slave in egypt than a corpse in the wilderness that that actually sounds logical if you're if if you're headed to a grave this sounds logical it's better to be a slave in egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness but today we are going to change our confession we are not going to believe that we we're going to believe the exact opposite and we're going to be- declare the exact opposite and we're going to say it doesn't matter what i have to go through it doesn't matter how long i have to go through what i have to go through it doesn't matter how many battles i need to face how many pharaohs i need to take down how many giants i need to kill it's better that i die in the process than dying in my comfort zone than than living in my comfort zone it is better that i die fighting than being comfortable in my nest 
Come on, church. Today, the Lord is pushing some of us out of our comfort zones. And the Lord is saying, hey, 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 do not, do not tolerate the Egypt where you're enslaved. Do not tolerate the Egypt where you are connected to. It is, it is not better to be a slave in Egypt. It is not. It is not. It is not better to be a slave to the meal that you're getting three times a day. It is not better to be a slave to that earthly, physical relationship. It is not better to be a slave to that temporary pleasure. God is saying it is better that you die in the process of doing and fulfilling the will of God rather than being stuck in Egypt for the rest of your life. Come on, say this with me. It is better to be a corpse in the wilderness than to be a slave in Egypt. One more time. It is better to die in the wilderness than to serve in Egypt. Come on, one more time. It is better to sacrifice my life in the process of getting to my promise than to serve comfortably in the pleasures of my life. And then, you know, the Bible says, then Moses told the people, you know, Moses, when he heard their problems and their complaints, Moses is now telling the people, hey guys, don't, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Moses is now comforting them. Moses is telling them, hey, don't freak out now. Don't panic now. Don't take things into your own hands. Don't cry out of fear. Don't pray out of fear. Don't speak these things out of fear. But can you just stand still? Can you just stay still? Can you just be rooted in this season? Can you just dig deeper and can you can you find your foundation and can you stand still can you be rooted in this season that is what God is asking you that is what Moses tells the people God says hey can you just stay put in this place for a little longer time because when God shows up God shouldn't find you freaking out God should find you trusting him God should find you rooted. God should find you standing still. The next verse, it says, The Egyptians that you see today, they will never be seen again. The Lord says, He himself will fight for you. What should you do? You should just stay calm. So if you can be rooted in this season, if you can just stay still, if you can just stay calm, the Lord is preparing to fight for you. The Lord is preparing to fight your battles. The Lord is preparing to fight your enemies for you. The Lord is preparing to realign everything that is out of alignment. The Lord is preparing to bring back into action, to bring back into ordinance, to bring back into right frame of mind, the right frame of, uh, you know, the, the right order, the right timeline. The Lord is preparing to do that for you. But if you are willing to just stay calm, and trust him. Stay calm and, and let him fight. There's no point if you are fighting for yourself and God also has to fight for yourself. No point if both of us have to fight for ourselves. If God is fighting for you, you stop fighting for yourself. The proof that you don't want God to fight for you is that you are fighting for yourself. 
the moment you try justifying yourself you try proving yourself to be right and you know you try to vindicate yourself i'm telling you, you you've just you've just fired god you know that you know if you go to a lawyer the lawyer's job is to fight for you in the court right you pay the lawyer why so that the lawyer can speak on your behalf can fight can the lawyer knows the law inside out we have studied this spend time doing this but then you you decide on the day of the hearing you decide no lawyer i don't need your help i'm do i'm going to do all my fighting i i i'm going to speak up i'm going to fight i'm going to prove that and you know the lawyer might as well you know be at home the lawyer might as well not be paid there's no point of two people are doing the same thing if you need god to fight for you you need to stop fighting for yourself you need to stop justifying yourself you need to stop trying to prove yourself right let the lord fight for you and i'm telling you it's beautiful when god fights for you when god vindicates you before people when god shows up you know several times i have done this i have said god you know i am not going to speak up in this season i'm not i'm not going to talk right now i'm just going to stay here and watch what god is going to do and it's beautiful when you do that because when god does things it can surpass things that you could have ever accomplished with your human strength you could have never taken down the whole uh, the the pharaoh and 600 people 600 army men that he had even coming with you can never do that in your strength but if god desires he can do that without having a scratch on your body he can make it happen amen, amen. then the lord said to moses the next verse he says now god is speaking to moses Mo- moses why are why are you crying out to but honestly speaking did moses cry out to god like if you in the context of it if you read through it did moses cry out to god what was moses doing moses was trying to comfort the people right but god looked at moses and god said hey everything that these people are doing it's you know i i i am not going to deal with the people i'm going to deal with you you are going to give an account for this people because you are their leader so everything that these people are doing it is you who is doing that you know paul would write this in the book of hebrews saying submit to your leaders not just submit obey your leaders because they have to give an account to god for your lives so if you are doing hanky panky things god is not going to be questioning you god is going to be questioning your pastor god is going to be questioning your leader and saying why are you doing this why are you hurting me why are you living like this why are, why are you speaking things like this and that is why i am coming to you sunday after sunday to teach you and to tell you hey guys come on let's stay calm let's trust in god let's trust the process that god is doing and and god is telling moses moses why are you crying out to me why are you upset why are you panicking why are you going crazy in this season tell the people to start moving initially i said to stop stay still to to just camp in this place now it is time for them to start moving if i was in moses's place my question would be to where god which direction this direction not possible this direction not possible where should i start moving 
And then God gives more instruction. The next verse it says, Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea and then divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Now God is speaking to Moses and God is telling him, Moses, it's till now you have been teaching the people of God. Now it is time for you to raise up your hand and make a way for the people of God to now start walking through there. It's not enough that you speak to them and you, and, you, and you counsel them and you comfort them and you advise them. Now it is necessary that you lead the way, that you stretch forth your hand, you use the authority that I have given you and you lead the way. And then something very powerful happens immediately. The Bible says, there was an angel of God who had been leading the people of Israel. All the way from Egypt, you know, from the time that they left from Egypt, there was an angel of God. There was this visible presence of God that was leading these people, right? And all of a sudden, the Bible says this angel of God who had been in the forefront leading the people of Israel, he moved to the rear of the camp. The next line, it says, the pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. See, I want you to get this picture, okay? They have been led so far with this, this angel of God who has been leading them. Not Moses, the angel, the visible presence of God, the manifestation of God, the, the power of God that is at work, the pillar, the glory, the Shekinah which has been leading and helping them, right? This pillar of cloud has been before them but at this point, the Bible says, the pillar of cloud also departed from in front of them and went and stood behind them. Now Moses is standing ahead. He's supposed to use the authority in his hand and, and start walking. And see, all 40 years of their journey in the wilderness, they were always and always led by the pillar of cloud. And they were always led by this angel. Whenever the Whenever the cloud moves, they will move. Whenever the cloud stops, they will stop. But for this particular act, the Bible says the cloud withdrew. The cloud went to the back. The cloud said, you walk out in faith. You step out in faith. I'm not going to lead the way. Why don't you step out in faith? Why don't you take the first step? You know, sometimes in our lives, God in his divine foreknowledge and sovereign will, he may withdraw his presence from us. Listen to me very clearly, carefully. I'm not saying God is not going to be there with us. I'm, I'm saying that his tangible, physical presence speaking to you sometimes. You know, you're not able to hear God. You're not able, not able to feel the presence of God. You're not able to see or understand what's going on, right? And, and you know, you may just feel like, okay, God has just left me. Wait a minute, why can't God assign two angels, one in the front, one in the back, you know? The, the primary reason, if you read the story, the primary reason the angel went behind is because the Pharaoh and the Egyptians were pursuing them from behind. But, but you may ask me, then why didn't God send one extra angel for the front and for the back? And one pillar of cloud in the front, one in the back. Why did the one in the front leave and go behind? Because God will sometimes allow for you to walk by yourself. 
God will sometimes allow for you to not have somebody holding your hand and leading you through. Sometimes you will need to trust your Moses and walk right after him. Sometimes you will need to just stretch out your rod of authority, stretch out your hand, whatever God has given you and exercise the authority that God has given you in your worship, in your prayer, in your relationship with God and God may expect you to step out in faith. You know, sometimes we, we think that faith is moving when there is this great amount of signs and wonders happening and then we go and pray for somebody or we... No, that's not faith. Faith requires for you to move when you have no voice speaking to you. Because anybody can hear a voice and follow it, right? Jesus told Thomas, Thomas, it's possible for anybody to see and believe. That doesn't take faith. You know, we, we talk about, you know, how people have had encounters with God, right? And, and that transformed their life totally. That doesn't take faith. You don't have an option but to change when God shows up before you. Come on now. You understand what I'm trying to say? If an angel comes and stands here, do you think anybody would try getting out of church today? Anybody would say that God's presence was not here. No. But it takes faith to worship when I don't have the goosebumps. It takes faith to worship when I don't sense any presence. It takes faith to step out of land into the water when I don't have God's presence leading me there. It takes faith to step out of my comfort zone when I don't feel anything special or out of the normal. From God. I can't hear anything. I can't do anything. This angel has withdrawn. The cloud has gone. Guess what? His protection is still available for you. Even when his presence withdraws from your life, his protection is still available for you. This angel, this, this cloud had not withdrawn the protection. They were there, still there, available to protect them and to guide them from behind. But their purpose was to protect them and they were still there. So if you will just take a step of faith and walk out on the water. Peter, if you're, you're looking at Jesus. Right now Jesus is not closer to you. He's far away. You can see him from a distance. Are you, are you going to take a step of faith and just walk out into the water? And let Jesus hold you up. Let Jesus help you in this process. Let Jesus give you direction as to what to do next. His protection is available for you even when his presence doesn't seem to be available to you. So in this season, our faith has to grow. Our faith has to be, it has to increase. Our trust in God has to be so much that whether I hear or not, whether I understand or not, whether I feel or not, I know or not, I believe is bigger than I know. I believe is bigger than I heard. I believe is bigger than, uh, you know, I felt. I believe is bigger than I saw. That's what Jesus told Thomas, right? Hey, it is better to not see and believe than to see and believe because you're exercising your faith. The Bible says then Moses, what he did is he raised his hand. Finally, he, you know, after this angel left, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened up a path 
through the water with a strong east wind. So, so as long as that angel was there, as long as the presence of God were there, this Moses, he is waiting for God to do something. And when God left is when he, he started moving. And he's, he stretched out his hand and he raised his hand. And as soon as he raised his hand, the Bible says the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. You know, this morning as I was preparing for this, the Lord was speaking to us. And, and the Lord was saying that some of us, we are entering into a new season in life. That we are, we are entering into a new season. It may... You know, till now we were in the borders of Egypt, but now we are in the season of crossing over into a new season. So the next three months, the next three months is very, very important. The next three months, you are going to have uh, angelic help. The next three months, you're going to have angelic protection. The next three months, specifically in the next three months, it is necessary that you raise your hands and you walk through wherever the Lord is showing you the way. Why don't you raise your hands in faith and you walk through? And you will be able to cross over into the other side of the sea. You will come out safe. God says you will come out protected. You will come out provided for. You will come out without a scratch. You will come out without any losses. You will come out without anything being taken away from you. If you will trust him. If you will trust him in this season. And if you will keep your hand raised up in this next season of life, the Lord says he is going to make sure to bring you out in the other side. He is going to make sure to bring you out safe and sound on the other side. It says then Moses raised his hand over the sea. His hand over the sea. I want you to stretch forth your hand over some of your seas right now. You know, when you raise your hand, you are, you are declaring something in the prophetic realm, in the spirit realm. You're, you're declaring something. You know, Moses understood this and he would do this at a later point. Whenever the people were in battle, Moses would keep his hand up. And this is a season for some of you to keep your hands lifted up. I, I want you to exercise your authority with the understanding that there is power, there is freedom, there is open doors coming. Not when God does something for you, but when you stretch out your hand. Dear Moses that is in this house this morning, can you stretch out your hand over your seas? Can you stretch out your hand over your lack? Can you stretch out your hand that is over those things that is, that is locking you in? This morning, can you stretch out your hand over those things? Every situation that looks dead to you, are you ready to stretch out your hand? And as you stretch out your hand, power will go out of your hand. Power will go out of the river that is inside of you. Power will go out of the spirit of God that, is, that, that, that you're hosting on the inside of you. And that power, that wind that will be released, that will open the sea. That will split the sea. That will make a way for you. God will not make a way for you. Your, your, your raised hand will make a way for you. Come on now. I, I, I'm preaching based on the word of God. It's very easy for me to just stand here and say, God will make a way for you. You know? Don't worry. You don't have to do anything. You just chill, relax, watch Netflix, eat good meals, sleep tight. No. 
this is a season to, for you to keep your hand stretched out. For some of you, it may mean your, your hand of prayer. For some of you, it may mean your hand of worship. For some of you, it may mean your hand of giving. For some of you, it may mean your hand of, of help. Whatever it be, I want you to keep your hand stretched out in this season. As you keep your hand stretched out, you know that keeping your hand stretched out can be painful after a while. You know, Moses needed an Aaron and a Hur to stand behind him in one of the battles. You know, in this place it says, the next line it says, The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Which means, for the whole night, it's not explicitly mentioned here, but I believe that Moses would have kept his hands stretched out for the whole night. The entire night season when somebody was freaking out, somebody was enjoy thinking that this is the last night of my life and you know, this is it, the end of the world and all of that. Here was one Moses who believed and he kept his hand stretched out all through the night. May the Lord raise up some people in this house who is willing to keep their hands stretched out, who will not keep their hands down, who will not get tired of keeping their hands stretched out. Some, you know, if God can find one person like that in your house, if God can find one person like that in your city, if God can find one person like that in the parliament of our nation, if God can find one person like that in your company, in your, in your places of work, somebody who will keep their hands stretched out and not give up, not give up, not give up all through the night season, to, to just keep the hands stretched out. The Bible says, you know, this wind that went out, it turned the seabed into dry land. It turned the seabed. So the season of turning, the season of transformation is here, church. The season of, of total turning, the season where your circumstances are going to shift, that season is here, says the Lord. So the people of Israel, they walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Not away from their enemies. You know, right now their enemies, their primary enemy is the water. And both sides, there are walls of water. They are in proximity to their enemy. In the presence of their enemy, there is a dry path that is made. And they have to trust this God and walk through that dry path in the middle of the sea. Amen. And all of this was possible because there was one Moses that kept his hand stretched out. So can I declare this? Your hand raised in worship, in praise, in prayer is more powerful than all your physical efforts and strategies. All the physical strategies that you have that I'm going to save up so much money, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm not saying it's bad for you to plan. You have to plan. You know, God has given you wisdom, understanding, plan your finances, plan your expenses, all of that. But the, the, your hand that is stretched out in, in your times of worship, prayer, praise, that is more powerful, more effective than all your strategies put together. So in this season, more than what you do here, can you do there? More than how much time you spend in your physical uh, strengths and physical abilities and your intellectual capacities. Can you spend more time keeping your hands stretched out? Because the Lord is answering to the hand that is stretched out. 
Amen. The Bible says when all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, now raise your hand over the sea again. So now look at this, okay? Now Moses is waiting. Moses is waiting for the next instruction from God. And God was waiting for everybody to cross over, everybody to reach the other side. And then Moses would raise out his hand a second time. The first time was to make a way for them. And the second time was to close the door for somebody else. The first time he stretched out his hand, Israelites got to pass through. The second time that he stretched out his hand, the Egyptians could not pass through after that. The Egyptians, the door, the way, the pathway that was available for the Egyptians, that got closed. The Bible says, then when, when you do this, Moses, then the water will rush back and cover the Egyptians and the chariots and the charioteers. So, so this season, not only are you supposed to stretch your hand out, stretch your hand out in worship, praise for you to see a way, you also need to stretch your hand out so that there are things that are pursuing you from the last season of life. They do not need access into the next season of your life. See, there are things that you were, there are places that you were stuck in in the last season of life. I'm not talking about 2020. I'm talking about your previous season. It could be three years back. It could be three months back. Whatever you were stuck in in the last season. In the next season, if you need to see a total deliverance over those things, you need to keep your hands stretched out against them. So not only are you keeping your hands stretched out so that you can walk on dry ground, now you need to make spiritual warfare to keep that illegal thing out, to keep those people that are illegal in this next season of your life out of your life. You need to keep your hands stretched out because you like it or not, they're going to try following you. You are too anointed to let go. You are too blessed to be let go on your own. So this Egyptians, this Pharaoh, he is going to follow you wherever you go. And it, it, takes, it takes somebody with wisdom to keep their hands stretched out a second time. To shut the doors. You know, our problem is, oh God gave me victory. We come give thanks in church and we, 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 we are like, hallelujah, I got promoted. Without realizing that there are things that have, that have followed you into your next job, into your next marriage, into your next relationship, into your next year, into your next season, and you have not said no to it. You have not stretched out your hands towards them. But this morning, the Lord is asking you to stretch your hands so that you can cover that Egypt. You can cover those pharaohs so that, 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 that Egyptians will not have access into the next season of your life. And when the people of Israel, the Bible, the Bible says when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. And they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. So I told you something a while back that the, the center of God's will for your life is his glory. Can I give you the second key? The second key that for the reason for all of life's circumstances, everything that happens in your life, the second major reason is to build up your faith. 
It's not even to destroy the Egyptians. It is to build up your faith. Because the one thing that God needs strong in you is a deep faith, holy faith, strong faith, faith that will move the mountains, faith that is rooted in the right things. And the Bible says, God loved all these things so that Israelites, they will have faith. And their faith, they grew, that faith grew in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Now, when they went through this process, when they had gone through this process of stopping to panic, staying calm, and to trust in God, and to stretch out the hand, and, and walk into the next season of their life, and to, and to shut the doors to the past season of their life. The Bible says, then after that, Moses and the people of Israel, they sang this song to the Lord. And what is the song that they sing, sung? They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. Now, now they are now releasing a song from a place of faith. See, they prayed in the previous chapter, but that was out of panic. But now they are beginning to sing a song, but now they have faith. Now they have, they have, they have allowed God to use them to glorify his name. Now they have gone through that process of, of crossing onto the other side, trusting their Moses. Now they are raising a song out to God saying, not only did you take down the horse, but you also took down the rider of that horse. Both of them got taken down in the sea. Amen. So this morning, the Lord wants some of you to believe that you have crossed over into the next season. And God wants you to rejoice. God wants you to worship. God wants you to celebrate. God wants you to sing a new song. Not just speak, but to sing. But to release a new melody. To release a new sound. That you release a new sound saying, Lord, I believe that you are with us. I believe that you're doing something special. And this is the song that Moses sang. He said, the Lord is my strength. I'm reading it from the KJV version, verse 2. It says, the Lord is my strength and song. And he is become my salvation. Now he is my God. And I, what will I do in response to this? Now I, I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. What, what, what these guys are singing is, now that God has taken me out of the previous season into the next season of my life, now I am going to build a habitation to God. Now I am going to, I'm going to build an atmosphere, a throne room, a place, a, a home where he can enjoy you know, we pray for visitations of God. But here Moses says, no, visitation is not enough. I'm going to give him a habitation. You know, till now, yes, we had the angel. Yes, we had the cloud of glory. No, but now we are going to give him the habitation. Now we're going to give him space. Now we're going to invite him to come and, and, and be among us, to, to be with us. You know, in this season, this series, that's what we are studying about. What does it take for us to host the presence of God? Amen? And, and today we are learning the key of crossing over to the other side and 
worshipping. And crossing over to the other side and singing a new song. Crossing over to the other side and praising God. You know, sometimes it may, it may be very hard for your, for your real worship to come when you're struggling with your Pharaoh. So this is what God says. I'm going to give you grace to not look at your Pharaoh again. To not see your Pharaoh again. The Pharaoh that you've been seeing all this while, you'll not see that Pharaoh again. Yes, there, is still, there are still giants you need to conquer. Yes, there is still wilderness that you need to overcome. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you into the next season of life. Are you willing to begin this in a place of worship? In a place of singing songs to Him? In a, in a place where you can just rejoice in God? In a place that you, you, will, you will begin this next season? The first thing that they did after they crossed over is to worship God. The first thing that they did was to sing a song to the Lord. The Bible says, verse 11, the song that they're singing, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee? Who is like thee, glorious in... Come on, church, read it with me. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises and doing wonders. I want you to pay attention to that phrase, fearful in praises. That when you praise him, he becomes so fearful that he begins to manifest himself in such a way that everybody around you will begin to fear that God will begin to reverence and, and be in awe and, and worship that God. You know, I, I, I was digging up, up on this particular phrase, praises, that is used. This is the first time this word is used in the Bible in Exodus chapter 15. And this is what the word means. It means tahila. Everybody say tahila. tahila. Not tequila. <laughs> tahila. Okay? Tahila. It means, it doesn't mean that you speak a praise. It means to you that you sing a praise. You sing a praise. You, you, you are going to release a song or you're going to release a hymn of praise. All the bad singers in the house said an amen. You know, we, we think that singing is the worship team's job, right? Singing is the skilled people's job, the Levites, their job. No, the Bible says Moses and the entire Israelites, everybody followed later the, the, his sister, the prophetess Miriam, she took the tambourine and she started dancing with all the women in the house. And, and, and it was a major praise party where they were singing unto God. And this word means to sing a song or a hymn of praise. You know, it means to give praise, to give adoration, to give thanksgiving. And it means to, to do it as an act of general or public praise, not a private praise. Not something that only you and God know. You know, you know, we can praise like that also. Like there is meditative, deep meditative praise. But the praise that we are talking about today is not that praise. The praise that is going to build a habitation for God is a public praise. A praise that is in the assembly in general together as a church. We together praise him. That we make him renowned. That we talk about his fame and his glory and we sing a song of his praise. You know, David would pick up the same word, tahila, in the 
in, his, in one of his psalms and he would say this. Are you ready for this? Psalm 22 verse 3. And he said it like this. It says, but thou art holy, holy O thou that inhabitest the Tahila of Israel. Not the silent meditation of Israel. Not the silent stillness of Israel, but the loud, adorative, general praising and singing of Israel. Another translation would say, thou that sits on the, thou that's enthroned on the Tahila of Israel. Enthroned or somebody would, that they would come and fill that place up. When you sing a song, when you release a song of worship, the Bible says God comes and he inhabits that song. He inhabits that worship. He inhabits that praise that you are releasing with your mouth. Now, see, then it, the, the problem with many of us is that we are, we are so full of fear that we are so full of our pharaohs and Egyptians that we are faced in the previous season. We are so distracted by the world around us. We are so distracted by our past. We are so distracted by the, the sea in the front that our confessions, that there is no song that is coming out of our lips today. It's only cries for help. You know, we, we saw that in the previous chapter where these guys, they are crying out to God for help. And God says, why? Why Moses? Why are you crying out to me for help? Why don't you stretch out your hand and you cross over and you come out and then you release your tahila and the presence that you thought you lost, the presence that was withdrawn from you, the voice that left you, the feelings, the, the touch, the tangible nature of hosting God's presence that you did not have when you were crossing over, now you will have it again because I'm going to come and I'm going to inhabit your tahila. I'm going to come and I'm going to inhabit your singing. I'm going to come and I'm going to inhabit your praises. You know, David and Solomon, they understood this. And they said, God does not live in temples made by human hands. But he does live in temples made by human mouths. The song that you sing, the song that you're going to release when you are in this new season of life. What song are you going to release? What song are you going to sing? What does your faith inspire you to sing in this season? See, see what God has done in the last season has to, has to have inspired faith in you. And that faith has to draw you to a place where you are going to release a song. And see, it is impossible for us to host God's presence if we are not worshippers. It is impossible for us to host God's presence if we are not people that understand the value of releasing our tahila. Of releasing our vocal praise. You know, in, in the English translation, praise is praise. Flattery is also known as praise. Just regular singing is also known as praise. Meditative stillness, thinking about God is also known as adorative praise. But that is why I'm taking you to the Hebrew word to remind you that this word, when, when David said, God is seated on the praises, God is not talking about a silent praise. God is talking about a public and a general and a, a loud celebratory praise like the one that Moses and Miriam had in Exodus chapter 15. Where we said, God, 
we are just going to celebrate how great you are. Who is like thee among the gods? Who is like thee in awesome wonders? You have done it all. You have, you have been such a great and a mighty and an awesome king. That I'm going to release your, your praises in this place. You know, what we do on a Sunday morning is we just come and echo what the worship leader is singing. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm asking you to, to bring out your own songs of praise when you're in church. To, to come with your own celebration. To come and release that song in the atmosphere. Because our praises, our tahila, it will become a throne of praise for God to be seated upon. It will become a house for God to come and inhabit. Amen? Amen. And when he does inhabit... It goes on to say in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 15, with your unfailing love, you will lead the people that you have redeemed in your might. You will guide them to your where? To your sacred home. I hope you remember what I shared last to last week. The hosting the presence is part of the process and hosting the presence is also your destination. You enter into your new season of life, praising him, welcoming him to come and inhabit your praises. And you're going towards that place where you will ultimately get to that place where it is his home, where you're living in his home. The psalmist would say it like this, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and then goodness and mercy shall follow me. And I will just dwell there. I shall just live there in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Psalm 27 verse 4. I will just gaze at your beauty in your temple and just stay there keeping my eyes fixed on you on the beauty of your holiness all the days of my life. So this is what God's presence will do when he comes in. Hey, if you, if you feel that, you know, that you you do not have any leading or guiding. Why don't you stay, take a step of faith? You may have to cross a sea. You may have to cross over into the next season of life. Why don't you take a step of faith, make some transitions and cross over. And once you cross over, can you, with the faith that God has given you, can you release a song? Because when you release a song, his presence will come and inhabit you. His presence will come and inhabit your life. And then the Bible says, with your unfailing love, you will lead the people that you have redeemed in your might. You guide them to your sacred home. Verse 17, he goes on to say, and you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, reserved for your own dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. See, the Bible says that God is going to plant us as a result of the praises, the inhabitation that we allow him. That is going to cause us to be planted. That is going to cause us to be rooted. Where? On his own mountain. And it says, O oh Lord, the place that is reserved for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O oh Lord, that your hands have established. So you should understand, hosting God is the process. Hosting God is our destination. We, in the process, we praise and we sing and we, we invite him in. 
and our destination is also to reach a place where we are able to host him before more than ever before host him more than what we have done in the previous season of life amen so i i i, I truly believe that the lord has pushed some of you you may not understand it or see it completely right now but let me tell you this the lord has pushed some of you into the next season of life this morning and and you are going to see unprecedented doors in this next 3 months it began a few days back and you're going to see that in the next 3 months you're going to see doors open you're going to see promotions at work you're going to see open opportunities in your businesses you're going to see new people try to connect to you to invite you to to try to to try to receive from you to try to uh, help you and to try to walk with you you're going to see that you have walked into your next season but my question is what are you going to do You know are you going to allow the demons of this past season to come along with you or are you going to shut that door and not allow that egyptians to come in with you into this new season The next question is are you going to be intentional to to build a throne of praise a throne of tahila the tahila throne for god in this next season of life are you going to be intentional to release that celebratory praise and adoration to god in this next season and are you going to begin that this morning are you ready to just sing out your own song come on all over this place i want you to forget the song that we're going to sing here you know we we're not going to sing the song here for a few minutes what i want you to do is i want you to sing your own song okay now How many of us are very expert singers? Can you can you wave your hands at me? Expert singers, really good singers. Really nice singers, the best singers. Okay, I can see one, two, three hands. That you guys you guys are confident confident that you are really good singers. You know that majority of us are not great singers, right? If you've heard your pastor's voice for some time, you know that I am not a great singer. Uh, when i sing i you know i have to look to help you know look to the musicians to help and but let me tell you this irrespective of whether you are a good singer or not your song still has power irrespective of whether your your voice is melodious or not your song still can open the portals for god's presence to come down irrespective of whether your song is going to be featured on youtube or itunes or not your song still is going to be resounding in heaven and heaven will come down when you sing that song come on church we are not singing for the person sitting next to us we are singing for the king of kings and the lord is inviting some tahila from this house this morning not some silent meditative praise but some serious resounding general public praise out of this place and i'm not saying this to to just excite you i am saying this to prepare you to give your best this morning because when we do give our best we read the promise he will come and he will inhabit he will come and he will fill he will build his home he will he will fill us with himself and as a result of that he is going to cause his face to shine upon us he will lead us he will guide us he will make sure to make his dwelling place to be among us and not only will his dwelling place be among us but our journey will be towards 
his dwelling place into his sacred home thank you for downloading today's sermon we hope this ministered to you and your family today connect with us at dreamingrevival.com and you are welcome to join in to any of our sunday celebration service at 11am or you can tune into our live stream at youtube.com/pastorpriji god bless you and have a blessed week